So James, before we got started, you were yelling at me because I had not seen yes. the movie Groundhog Day. Tell me, so Groundhog Day just passed, and the reason why it reminded me of this because it, I I watched the movie recently. It's one of the best movies of all time, and you have just revealed the fact that you haven't seen it. And now I want all of our listeners to yell at you and shame you because you haven't seen this movie. And and hopefully, I'm not alone in this. I can't see myself being alone in this. It's a classic. But you need oh, to I watch know. Ground. I know that. Yeah. I just okay. it's one of those like I've seen like the Truman show. I feel like it's one of those types of movies. Like it's in that So obviously it's very different, but it's in that same vein like not like cult classic, but you should see it, but not everyone's seen it for whatever reason. Okay. You should you should not be one of those people that haven't seen it. And you know, you should be one of those people who have seen it. And I told you I wanted a book report <laughs> by tomorrow. Um, but I'll I'll settle for next week. We come on the show and talk about how you've seen it and loved it and what you loved about it. I'll... Is that fair? I'll do my best. So uh, a month ago, John was like, oh, I, I haven't bartended a lot. And there were a bunch of shifts open for the middle of February. So I was like, oh, I should totally just grab a bunch of those. Like, great. It's like a bunch around like the same time. Um, they're all this week. So I essentially I'm working like two weeks in one week between both both jobs. Uh, completely my fault. So I'm yeah, I'm working. From Wednesday to Sunday, I have four of those nights. I have off Friday. So I'll see when I can squeeze a movie in. Friday. We, we'll, we'll see what I have time for. I just, I did not, I did not think this through. I was just like, oh yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Yeah. Big. Uh, we'll see how I am when we record next week on Monday. Uh, well, how I'm, how I'm doing. The reason why we got to Groundhog Day before the show started was because when John hopped on, I said immediately, well, it's Groundhog Day again, indicating the fact that it feels like we're doing this thing all over again, where it's two steps forward for the Islanders and then two steps back because it was uh, and we won't get into it just yet, but it was a good start to the Bo Horvat era and then it quickly died off. And we can talk about that a little bit later, but we have some things to talk about first. Absolutely. And it's, I think two steps back is, is generous and um, we'll figure that sure. out yeah. shortly. I, I think where I wanted to start and I, I kind of anticipated a few more trades happening just because there was a lot of um, on the NHP Twitter account. There was a lot of different trending players um, yeah. in like in trade rumors and, and different things. And, Last week, Vladimir Tarasenko linked to the Islanders one way or another. Um, uh, who knows whether or not Lou and is it Doug Armstrong in, in St. Louis? It is. Um, the, the Armstrong and Lamarillo actually add any conversation of substance other than, are you interested? <laughs> yeah, I'm interested and hung up the phone. <laughs> um, but, he, he, you know, linked for, to the Islanders really for a while. Um, yeah. Maybe the length that we've been doing the show uh, has been rumored Tarasenko to the Islanders was, you know, former future, blah, 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 Islander. Um, well, it's, but- it's definitely been, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. It's definitely been though, at least the last two years in which he's had that tr- trade request pending. Cause he never That's took true. it back. 
And for Tarasenko, the Islanders were on his approved list of teams he would go to uh, right. because he had a full no, no trade clause. So, but go ahead. Yeah. So now he's in New York, just yeah across the East River. What do you make of that as far as and then, you know, the the Devils and, and Hurricanes are surely going to respond given where they are in the standings and, um, you know, surely almost making the playoffs at this point, given the Islanders, the Penguins, the Capitals and the Sabres are all doing themselves a disservice um, all at the same time, not playing very well. So it's like almost no one wants to make the playoffs. So the top of that division is <laughs> is almost a little it is is as secure as it's going to be. Oh um, yeah. The you know I and I think it goes almost beyond the season and I, without getting into too much detail about what the Islanders need to do or maybe maybe we do get into that. I just how do the Islanders kind of respond to this? Does it let's let's talk about what the the trades look like for the range well what the trade looks like for the rangers first and and what maybe the devils and the hurricanes need to do in order to respond maybe some general nhl talk and then we can get into the islanders right sure. but i mean all of this affects the islanders greatly uh in the grand scheme of things i mean you know you you look at the tarasenko trade which in my opinion i don't know if you saw the return for tarasenko and nico mikola who was uh that was not an insignificant throw in that was a pretty um, significant add-on to Vladimir Tarasenko um, going to the Rangers, uh, but but right away, you know, you look at the the top line for the the Rangers now. It's Tarasenko, Zibanejad, and, and Artemi Panarin. And it's like that's crazy. Just, that is a just crazy on, first line. Correct, and and just on paper, it, it looks exactly how you just reacted. It's like, oh my god. Um, but then you you really like you get into it and you see what happens on the, in the first two minutes of Tarasenko's tenure as a New York Ranger. Oh, pucks in the back of the net at the hands of Vladimir Tarasenko. So now you're immediately like, yep, this is going to be a problem. And, you know, even further, you know, into this, zooming the lens in a little more, the Rangers didn't even put Tarasenko on their first unit power play. He's on the second unit. They already had a pretty lethal first unit. So they didn't need him up there. And now you're like, wow, this team has two really good power plays with at least two trigger men in Zibanejad and now Tarasenko on the second unit. And they can pretty much score at will, which, by the way, they are. They've scored 12 goals in their last two games. The second game against the Hurricanes, who they shellacked in Carolina, Artemi Panarin benefits from Tarasenko on his line by scoring four goals. Now, Tarasenko didn't have any points on on any of them, shockingly, but the, the 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 point here is that look how much room having Tarasenko opened up for Panarin. That's is, uh, insane. Do you so I mean they're having a lot of success together and it's it's definitely going to help them in the playoffs, which you know, you you need scoring, you need that depth, uh certainly two different power play looks and, and triggerman, as you said, is, is amazing. But for the Rangers, have you heard anything about them re-signing Tarasenko after this year? And it, does it have more to do with how the playoff run goes as opposed to, and this is a team that went to the Eastern Conference final last, right. last year, right? That That's in, in the Rangers. So they have a lot to prove. There's, there's a hump to get over 
And the East, uh, in the Atlantic Division, those top three teams, as we're talking about the top three teams in the Metro, are also no slouches. The the Leafs are going to leave, I guess. Tampa Bay is still very good. And and then you have the Boston Bruins, who have lost two games this season. More than that. It, but it seems like... That's what it feels like. And Olmark, at the very least, has only lost like three games this season, which is just ridiculous. Um is this a Rangers team looking to resign Tarasenko? Do you, have you heard anything about them resigning him? Yeah, not not from like my my own sources or anything like that. But I, I believe Elliot Freeman indicated himself that he, uh, he he did believe that the intent was to sign Vladimir Tarasenko to an extension. He doesn't think that they give up the first round pick without that intent. Now it's going to be difficult for them because I don't have their cap friendly up at the moment. Uh, but I surely can bring it up because I know they have a couple of contracts that are set to expire very soon. Uh, yeah, they have after this season, you know, obviously Tarasenko is one, but then they have Philip Hedl, who is on a real tear right now. He, he's seemingly scoring at will as well. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere has a, a contract that he needs to resign. It, it, if they still have this player, Vitaly Kratsev uh, needs to resign a contract. Um Julian Gauthier, who isn't as important, but is still a contract they need to get figured out. But then you look at um, Keandre Miller. You know, that's going to be another pretty penny, too. And they need a backup goaltender after Yaroslav Halak because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So there's a lot of contracts here to figure out. And they'll have in cap space this summer only $16,000 plus, right? 16,000, almost 100,000. 16, sorry, 16 million, 100,000 dollars. Um, I was going to say, that's a very different yeah. situation. Sorry. 60 million, $100,000 there, bud. Yeah. yeah sorry. I, I was, uh, I misspoke 60 million, $100,000 to resign all of these players. And, you know, Tarasenko is 31. Is he looking to cash in one more time? Not really sure, but he going to, you know, you just look, you, you see what the Buffalo Sabres just signed in, both uh, Tage Thompson and Dylan Cozens, you can definitely compare Filipino to a Dylan Cozens contract, and that's going to command upwards of $7 million. Lafreniere will probably get a bridge. We'll see what happens with Kravstov. But, you know, you look at Keandre Miller, you could see him getting four or $5 million. You know, so that's already putting them behind the eight ball here in order to resign uh, Tarasenko. So I, I think it ultimately will somehow happen, just not sure how. Um, and, and then, you know, keep in mind, not this summer, but the following, uh, Capocaco will need to be re-signed as well. And they could re-sign him on July 1st if they'd like, because he'll be eligible at that time. Uh, but it, it, there's a lot of contracts to get figured out here. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, you know, in the same breath, Artemi Panarin, when he signed with the Rangers to begin with, took less money to play there. So, you know, with the chance that Tarasenko can stay with Panarin and play with, you know, his best friend his countrymen and you know this this great chemistry maybe he will but in the in the right now and you know as far as what the rest of this season looks like i already had the rangers making the playoffs and now with tarasenko in the fold and and make no mistake mikola was a was a really significant add-in as well I hate to say it, but they're they're a favorite. I don't I don't think that's a stretch. Again, this is a team that has some good playoff experience and 
very recent. So these players, these young players um, already have, you know, a lot like some of the Islanders younger players, um, although now it's been, kind of been some time for them. And I guess without going into a lot of detail like we do with the Rangers on the Devils and, and the Hurricanes, um, really because I think Timo Meyer is on both of their radars. Um, if either one of those teams gets Timo Meyer or Timo Meyer goes to one and they go after another player, um, and that could be Barbashev, that could be literally anybody. Um, although obviously those two players are not on the same playing field. I just want to be perfectly clear. What does that mean for the Islanders? And then I ask about Tarasenko and getting re-signed because that really kind of sets the Islanders up, not only because I don't think at this point they're going to make the playoffs, but in the future, what what's the plan? Like you're... I, I don't even really know what the question is. I guess I'm not really sure where this team goes. And it does kind yeah. of bleed into the buy or sell and and kind of that aspect to it. But you're seeing all these teams around you kind of do this. And you're maybe the question is like, so maybe you, you do make the playoffs. Do you think just your identity, which I don't really know what it is anymore. Do you think your identity is just going to carry you through like that? Maybe that's the, the core of what, well, this part of the conversation is. The, the, the thing is for me, you know, look, the Devils are going to add and the Hurricanes are going to add. And those are already the, the Rangers, the Devils and the Hurricanes are three teams ahead of the Islanders. They're before these trades better than the Islanders. Um, and, and they're definitely going to add. I'll tell you this right now regarding Timo Meyer. I can't tell you what's on the table, but the devils already have a better offer and the Islanders are not. And the reason why I say it's better that not that the Islanders have one, the Islanders can't match already. What the, is on the table for Timo Meyer? Obviously nothing has happened yet, but um, you know, the Carolina hurricanes are said to like Timo Meyer too. And you know, they might get into a bidding war with New Jersey and it's something the Islanders are not going to be able to sustain. Right, they're not going to be able to be a part of that. As far as what they do moving forward, that was the question, right? You wanted to know, like, how do they handle the upcoming trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, we're going to go into buy or sell. So that I think that was a good top level information. It was just, what do they do? Like, do they think that they're say they do magically go on a run, right? They they win a bunch of games. They they're winning every um two games for every one moving forward, which is what they really need to do or every four out of five or whatever the case is. Um, and they make the playoffs. You have to beat good teams. Well, right. In, in the playoffs are, do they really think they can compete with not only just this roster, but with how this is interesting, not just with this roster and what it's really capable of on the positive end, but with how, bad they're capable of playing and they're capable of doing that over four games now a yeah. goaltender can steal you a series but you know we've seen Strogan really you know drop a bad game against the the Canucks um yeah. Barlamov kind of the same thing against the Canadians um the, you know the teams in front of the goalies on those nights were also not very good but 
do they really and i don't we, like this is our take on it right like from where you sit can they compete with that so well no right yeah and, and, that's, and, that's... and they're playing the wild card right so you're playing who boston or or uh, the hurricanes Correct. are you in the same league or the devils you? or or the devils um because they've been on here they're eight oh and two the devils they're lately? they're playing very well are you even in the same league as these teams? Because that's you're not talking about like, oh, we can catch Washington and we're better than those teams. And that, okay, that's that's awesome. Turns out though, you, you just need to be better than them to make the playoffs, and then you need to survive the rest of it. And they've done that, but the rest of the div- the divisions weren't nearly as good, and the Islanders had a more of an identity. I'll say and- this though, I'll I'll, I'll say this because because. You're right. Like we're we're sitting here and we're saying, are they in the same league as these other teams? Now, the this upcoming week is going to be very indicative, right? They play Ottawa next, but following that schedule, it's Pittsburgh, it's Boston, it's I believe LA is in there. Pittsburgh uh, again. Pittsburgh again, right? All teams that are very good um teams currently and are playoff bound. Right. I think the the Kings are in the Chikrin mix. Right. They, these are all teams that are going to add and get better once the playoffs hit. So this week will be very indicative as to whether or not the Islanders can keep pace with teams like this. Now, it doesn't look very good because let's take a look at the last two games that they played against the Vancouver Canucks, who are in a shitstorm, and the Montreal Canadiens, who are you know, rebuilding they're, they're They were without the majority, I believe of their roster. I think they had like 12 players or something injured the last time the Islanders played them on. What was it? Sunday afternoon or Saturday Sa- afternoon. Saturday. Um, they, they had a bunch of injuries. 12 would be, they did, but they have a lot. So, they have a ton. They have a ton of injuries. Right. And so just the, you look at the way they lost, right? They went up, you know, they had a two goal lead against Vancouver and then they, they, I think they gave up four straight to lose six, four. Um, they, they couldn't, Six five. They couldn't close the door on the Montreal Canadiens. You know who? It, it's that game was for lack, terrible. For lack of a better term, it was that's an AHL team right now. That was that was hard to watch. And it whether whether so the slow like the whether the game was bad. Correct. And whether the overtime goal was controversial or not, the the fact of the matter is they shouldn't even have gotten that far. They, they should have closed the door. That's primarily at this season, right? Where you're like, you know, even last year, oh, it's this excuse. And like, I, I don't know. I, I, how many times have I said, like, you're just a professional team? Figure, Figure it, it out. out. Now, yeah, here's like, the other how, thing, how though. You, how do you do that? Now, here's the other thing. And, and, and maybe our questions will be answered as soon as tonight when they play the Senators. Um, and, and you know what? That's probably not true because you probably do need to move on to the, the more formidable opponents that are ahead. But we haven't seen Lane Lambert show any emotion yet. And that's something that did happen. He lost his cool, right? Allen just dropped that game in overtime, slams the door open, tries to compose himself again. It's postgame presser. He had um, a little bit to say. And then this morning, uh, or or Monday morning at Morning Skate, according to everyone that was there reporting on it, he hit them hard. He skated them hard. 
Uh, he was pretty aggressive in his tone and in his uh, practice, I guess, coordin- coordinating his practice. Uh, and, and, you know, there was, there was anger. There was anger behind his tactics, which. What took you him know, so long? Yeah, are, are that's a good question. Me? Like, That's a good this question. Is, this is where, like, and I don't think Barry, Barry, like I know the guy, I don't think Barry Trotz <laughs> did this, right? I don't know that, I, mean, I don't know that he did or didn't. Some of the reporters that are actually there, I can just go through some old tweets that would take a little bit. But maybe he didn't need to do that. Like, at what point this season was Lambert satisfied with, with, with what was happening? How do you just let it get to this point Without any emotion, I understand on the bench. You want to keep your composure in front of your players, and that's leadership. Fine, behind closed doors or on, you know, on the on a practice rink, you, you got to lean into them. Where's the? And again, you don't know what's happening in like video review rooms and chalk talk kind of thing. Like, ah, we don't know what's going on there. But why you know, it, I, why did it take so long? I, I look at the schedule and I and I look at. Who they lost to last month and it was everybody but Vancouver and Montreal and then the last two games were Detroit and Vegas who they wound up winning those were some pretty good games for them but but they lost to everyone else not named Vancouver and Montreal they only beat those two teams right they beat up on Vancouver 6-2 in Vancouver they only won 2-1 to one at home against the Canadians but they won everyone else you know Toronto Washington Boston Buffalo uh, Minnesota, Dallas, like they lost. These bad. are all they didn't just lose games either. They didn't. Yeah. They they looked like these last two games. Maybe not quite this bad, but it wasn't good. And I I think I've, um it was in a Kurz article. I believe it was another uh, a league executive that had mentioned. You know, after the break, you have Horvat, and it gives the team a false sense of security that oh okay we fixed it, we got our guy right. And the and the locker room's like, okay, great. And then I don't know how you go into those games. And that's why I, I continue to question Lambert and then the, the player leaders on this team. Where are they? What yeah. is Anders Lee doing? Is Clutterbuck being out of the lineup is not an issue, right? It's not because Andy Green isn't there. It's not because Char isn't there. What is going on on that bench and in that locker room? Like, what is, how do you, how do you do, do that, right? Because that means, and that's why I, I zoom out, I believe a few weeks ago, maybe last month, we talked about this, about I give them less of a pass on last season with every loss this year because it's, okay, you're, this isn't different. Maybe it was just the roster that was bad. Yes, did uh, did some factors come into play? Sure. But they were in ninth place. They were seven wins. Like you, They weren't very far away from making the playoffs. It's one win a month. I don't know how many times I said that over the summer. It was one win a month different of them making the playoffs. I think this team is just bad. Like, and I think it, and I think it's a top down thing. I think it's, I really think it's the leadership from, in this case, Lambert and the, the, the captains. So this is really where I want to see how they perform following the practice Monday morning. Um, but, you know, it's funny that you mentioned this because in, in the same breath, I did um, I did see earlier today 
this statistic with the GIF. Do you remember or did you see? Well, well, hold on, hold on. GIF? 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 What is it? Come on. Come on, just say it. It's GIF. All right, GIF. I think people say it both ways, but I just want to... So give me some credit. I will not. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the gif Thank you. of uh, when the New York Rangers actually were in a spot where they weren't playing very well. And it led up to a boiling point for their captain, Jacob Truba. Now, whether you like him or you hate him and for, for whatever reason you like him or hate him, that doesn't matter. Put that aside. But there was a game where the Rangers were getting beat up on and he took his helmet off after getting thrown out of the game out of frustration and slammed it on the ice and, you know, skated angrily off. And since then, they're like, and don't quote me on the exact statistic, but it's something similar to like 19-4-1 and since then, which is significant. It's so, almost like when St. Louis, like, didn't they like fight in a, each other in a practice? I, don't, I, I think I do that not was suggest when, anybody fighting on the Islanders. Like, but then like they won the right, cup. yeah, like right before Ryan Reeves got traded. I think like the the, the season before. I, I think you're right. I think there was tensions at a, a a Blues practice or whoever, whichever championship team that was that season. There was definitely tensions at practice that boiled over, and um, you know, they wound up benefiting from it somehow and i'm not sitting here saying look andrews lee needs to throw a fucking fit what i'm saying is that there needs to be some sort of accountability checked here at the door and it seems like it might have started with lambert let's see if it does anything but if it doesn't and people are are or the the players are lax on the ice let's say you you got to start seeing some emotion from andrews lee from god forbid Josh Bailey, um, because you can't accept, you know, a lackadaisical play on the ice that leads to a turnover and a goal against. And and that's largely what's been happening here. You know, so Lambert's coaching for his job. And if they don't respond, especially against a team like Ottawa, right, you can get your swagger back. And then you got Pittsburgh, Boston, Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, L.A., Winnipeg. Uh, there, that's it. I mean, the season could be over well before that at this point, but regardless of making the playoffs or not, you got to go play those games. And right. if they don't, res- frankly, if they lose against Ottawa, I think Lambert gets fired. I think we, I think we wake up Wednesday or Thursday. Whoa. I think he loses the room. If he, if he goes out in that practice and he yells and screams, you know, I'm, I'm picturing some of my old coaches throwing garbage cans or whatever they were doing. But if he he goes in that practice and leans into them and that team goes out and lays an egg against Ottawa, I don't make predictions. I don't think I've ever done that on this show. I don't think I've done that in an article. I don't think I've sent a tweet like this ever. (laughs) I don't think I've said this in passing to somebody. I do not think that Lambert makes it to Friday against the Penguins. There's I, I, I honestly don't. I don't know how Lamarell does that. Especially with first, I, yeah, I, I don't because I don't I don't think it's likely that that's going to happen. But like I can't see that happening. That doesn't make sense to me. Especially if there's a Bruce Boudreaux out there. So about turning teams around, that's kind of like a. I think he's a different coach than Barry Trotz, but he's done a lot of the same things 
that that Trotz did. I think he's capable of that as far as turning the team around. Now, Boudreaux has not won a goddamn thing. So for what all the good he's done in the regular season, it has not led to anything, including with the Capitals. It took Barry Trotz until his fifth year of being with the Capitals to finally get that team over the hump. But when you do have a good coach out there like that, and not to just recycle these players, and I think they did a good thing with giving Lambert a shot, somebody was going to do it, right? He was going to coach an NHL team at some point, whether that was this season or very soon. I don't know how... I mean, is that crazy to think? Or, you know, Lamorello's done crazier things than that. Maybe that's for some perspective here, right? Yeah. I, I just can't see Lambert leaning into it and then they you know they the players just don't respond i think that shows that he's lost the room you don't you can't lose to ottawa on yeah, a I mean, lot of levels at this point it's you're you're right and you know that's definitely interesting coming from you but you, you might not be far off there at all um you know and, and we're we're talking about you know, Lambert's coaching style and trying to keep players accountable and whatnot. And, you know, I'm looking at a video right now of Rick Tockett, who's now in Vancouver and trying to hold his players accountable. Now, albeit it's a different situation. He's a new coach uh, for that team and he's trying to set the tone. I get it. But maybe this should have been the way it was from the get go for the Islanders with Lambert. We'll see how it how it plays out. But he has this team after practice is over on their hands and not knees on their feet in push-up position, they cannot drop to their knees crawling or, or, or walking on their hands from blue line to blue line. And, and the quote is he wants them to reach another level of fitness. This is the team that the, that just beat the Islanders a few days ago. Um, Maybe maybe they have to consider starting to do some things like this. It's kind of, you know, it reminds me of Lamorello. Obviously, it's on the ice tactics versus shave every day, right? Prepare, <laughs> do things you don't want to do, common enemy, whatever his, ta- whatever his ultimate tactic is there and then how he's kind of doing it, the means to, to his end. But they really, really need uh, some Lamorello kind of... Uh, swift justice on the ice i don't know if lamorello comes down and talks to the players i'm sure he talks to uh the leadership on the team with or without lambert you know together um and i'm not suggesting that the the captains would speak ill of their their coach behind his back right i'm just i don't know how i don't know how those meetings go i imagine the leadership of the team talks to the general manager the the president general manager of of the new york islanders and probably a lot of teams but I don't know, short of Lamorello like getting on skates or behind the bench during a practice and whip like I don't know what happens. I, I Rick Tockett is also an interesting character. I'm not exactly sure if we should be taking cues from that, but it's kind of like Tortorella. It's it's it, it's that kind of thing. And I don't think the Islanders are quite that bad, but something's gotta change. This isn't necessarily a fitness thing, but I understand what you're where you're going no yeah it's not about the it's, fitness level it's about the the holding pe- players accountable level do things like you said that you don't want to do you don't want to do these tomorrow show me in the game yeah this and is we won't almost, do this tomorrow it's almost like herb brooks style like again 
again, again, and just again. getting them to be a team again, right? I think they're a tight locker right. room. I think they do play for each other. But there's I, I if the theme of this season for me is lack of focus. That's simply it. It, it was yeah. they couldn't end. They couldn't start games. Then they couldn't end games. Um, now they can't end games again. Um, now and now it's twenty three giveaways against the Canucks. One of them being terrible. If uh, yeah, I, I, actually that was in the Canadians game. The Barzell ultimately lost them the game. Um, he was out there for almost three minutes of that overtime, and and just made a bad play. But. This is a we say too. that. I just want to uh, quickly interject. We do say that, but in overtime, if Lambert deployed him that way, it's not on him. He's also could stayed be. on longer. I've seen him stay on longer than now. Granted, I can't hear what's happening, but like, correct. You could you could see him stay on a little long sometimes, and you could see when he's out again. Of it all depends on what the what the agreement is between player and coach. Like, you're our best guy, three on three, more ice. We need you out there. All depends. You could be right. I'm not taking that away from you. Sure. I just wanted to. I just want to note that it is entirely possible because they. I see the Devils do it with Jack Hughes. They had him out there for literally seven straight minutes at one point, which was insane. He broke Against the record. Yeah, yeah it was six minutes or whatever it was. It was in, it was insane. That sort of thing does happen, but you could be a hundred percent right, and he's taking that liberty of staying on a little bit longer because he's look. He's hungry. He wants to. He wants to be the guy. I get it. Should he have made that mistake? No, if that is the mistake he made, but there is the other side of it. Yeah. And I, I think Continue. what's, you know, with the giveaways and the the bad defense and the lack of focus, this is a team that scored three or more goals in each of the last three games, and they lost two of them. This is an Islanders team that's known for their defense. If this team scores three goals, they should win that game. Frankly, if they score two most of the time, but if they score three, especially if they're leading after two, which of late they've not done very well. They've lost five of the last 11 games. I'm, I'm trying to recall the, the Eric Hornick tweet. Of course, he has the all the answers, but they're like four, two, and five in, their, in the last games, number of games where they've led after two periods. That's kind of unacceptable. Uh, four, five, and two. Four, five, and two. That's worse. I would prefer. I to believe. Be, I would prefer to be wrong on that. But the, yeah, that's that's terrible. Whatever. Either way, they've lost a lot of games. They lost seven games after le- whether it's overtime or not. After when leading after two periods. That's terrible. So you're. It kind of goes back to the the start of the conversation with is this really a team that's even ready to go to the, I don't they can make the playoffs till they want. It'll be 2007 where they just get blown out in the first round and who cares. It it wasn't worth it. You may you may as well just I don't want to say you, you tank but it's kind of like last year like well, I don't know what Lamorello's thinking or or any of that but and maybe before we get in that discussion Let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk about buying or selling, and we'll be able to continue this conversation. Yeah, we'll we'll continue. Just want to clarify. I found the I found the statistic. It's four, two, and three in the last nine that they've led through two periods. Nassim and Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. 
The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet at up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. You know this summer, we're going to bet on Aaron Judge, who just re-signed with the New York Yankees, to hit plenty of home runs. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you'd like. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nassim and Hockey is also brought to you by Raycon. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. For example, if you're an NHL team that's not making the playoffs but want to trade for a big player, why are you going to risk your future? However, I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something that you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Now, whenever I'm cooking my meals, I wear my Raycons and I have the noise cancellation so that when I'm trying to concentrate on my recipe, I can tune everything out. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, you guessed it, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with other brands. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. My favorite features on my Raycons are the noise isolation mode like I mentioned earlier or the awareness mode when you can still listen to your audio and hear everything going on outside of the audio. So you're ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com THPN. So on the other side of the break, we started our discussion a little bit, or I started our discussion a little bit, on buying or selling. And um, what many would call, and I think I would agree, of last year of not making any significant trades at the at the deadline, selling off assets. I don't know that I would include Varlamov in that, but maybe some other players where you're opening up cap space and at least giving some players some some room. What do you think the Islanders do at this point as far as buying or selling? Should they do both? Is it, is it kind of clearing some space where you can adding a player if they're available, if you have the assets, and then you don't need to make the offseason deal for a UFA or trading for an RFA and, and trying to sign them. Um, where where, do this, where does this team go from here? Yeah, you know, the, the good news is that although they shit the bed the last two games, uh, the, the teams ahead of them did no better. You know, so it was kind of like nothing happened. 
now, do they have less time to do these things to or to to make uh, progress in the standings? Sure, but again, nothing really happened despite losing those two games standings wise. Well, they've played so many more games than other that than Washington. True. They've played one more game than um than Washington, but they played four less games in Pittsburgh, and then they have two games against them. These- four more. They played four they played more f- games in Pittsburgh, and then they play them twice in the next week. Like those yeah. games are so much bigger than yeah, we're even giving them credit for. Look, every every game moving forwards must win. There's there's no sh- against sugarcoating these teams it. against a Pittsburgh against any team. They're one point, yeah, but in particular, right? If you're fighting for your, a, a chance to make it to the playoffs, they do have a Correct. couple games against Washington near the end of the season as well. But right now. You have a team like the Islanders that they need they need to pull them out. And Pittsburgh's not playing particularly well. They're five, well, they're five, two, and three, but they've lost one. Um recently, yeah, they're not they're not playing out of this world good, but continue. Right. So, you know, my my, my point here is that standings wise, not much shift has happened here. So they're they're in the same spot now. Again, I, like I said earlier in the show, I'd like to see how they respond after some tough love from Lane Lambert. Um, but, you know, the thing is, look, if they're, if they're out of it by the time March 3rd comes, they should be selling assets to recoup assets, right? There's no reason why they can't get a first-round pick for Semyon Verlamov. There's you, no reason why they can't get at least... sign him in the offseason, but... You could... You could you figure you figure that out later, right? Just like when uh, Lamorello said about signing Horvat, I'm not worried about the future. I'm worried about right now. You get your assets that you need to do one of two things: one, draft in one of the best drafts that's been spoken of since forever, and two, if you don't end up drafting, you can use those assets to flip and get other things that you need in order to add to this roster if you really think you're only one or two pieces away. So they can surely sell Verlamov. I believe they can get a first-round pick easy. Uh, they can definitely get a high pick, a first or a second for Scott Mayfield. I don't see why not. Um, you know, they, they saw what... Baldock looked like maybe maybe he can step in somehow. Whatever. They have plenty of time to figure that out. Zach Parise, if he agrees to wanting to go, you know, you look at what um Lamorello did for Chara and Green. They requested not to be traded. I could see Parise doing the same thing. But if he says, sure, I'll go, you get whatever you can for Zach Parise, which I wouldn't be surprised if somebody would pay a third round pick for him. And he he's somebody that you can bring back in the offseason, which I don't think any eye on their fan would be upset. Sure, about. you can, but the path forward should be if they're not in it, sell what you can to recoup assets to either use in the summer for yourself or trade off to bring in other assets that are available. The flip side of this is that let's say for some reason this shellacking Lambert laid on the team was the turnaround of something and they go on this run. Well, yesterday I was listening to Frank Saravalli who said, look, 
the Islanders are not in a great place right now. However, in talking to other GMs and coaches around the league, they all had the same thing to say that when it comes to being in the playoffs, there's one team that they really just want to avoid and not play. And that is the Islanders because they're built for that kind of um, hockey. They're built Previously, for a postseason. I, I, I wonder they're, how they they're respond. Still, they're still viewed as that team because they just grind. And that's, that is still the consensus amongst other GMs, amongst other coaches. They are still viewed as that team that just grinds. And it's still, it, they, they do. They work so hard for these goals and they grind the opponent down to the bitter end. It still happens. However, um, it's not exactly the same roster. You're right. They're still viewed as this. The it's addition of that's Horvat. My big, that's my big thing. Their identity it is a different coach. And the, coach uh, the, the players are whatever. It's, it's literally how they're playing the game. But the addition of Horvat also makes them a little scarier. I mean, look, as bad as they've been, you know, he scored in three of his four games and the power play has been good. They've scored in the last four games. They've scored like way more. I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but they've scored a lot more than they usually do. So it's been better. They're still not. It it could be even better than it is. Even with, you know, with Horvath. You're right. But, you know, my, my point here is, um, you know, I, I went on the record the other day to say after the Montreal loss, that could really put the stake in the season, right? That kind of loss to that kind of opponent, you know, that, that that's a point you left on the on the table that you really should have had the, the night or two nights before you left two points on the table that you really should have had. Like, this doesn't scream playoff team to me. Yeah, I, and that's why I said on Saturday too uh, when they, I think it was still tied. I can't remember exactly. I don't think they were losing quite yet. I said if if they lose this game, just stick a fork in them. That it's not they're not a playoff team. Just this the season's over. Go sell whatever. Just because you, you can't, you really can't lose that game. I, I I'm still. First of all, it was such a bad game. I feel bad for. I mean, I guess if you paid and you were in Montreal and you're, you're a Canadiens fan, that was that was great. But for any fan that traveled to that. And and saw that live. That was a disaster. That was such a terrible hockey game. Yeah, wasn't great. But that's like you said. They're they're not looking like they're a playoff team. And I think we said we would know this week one way or another if they were they were going to still be in the race. And um, after Eric Eric Hornick had tweeted out um, the teams around the Islanders uh, losing and that they. they the the Capitals beat Boston, then they lost to San Jose. Pittsburgh lost six something to L.A. Buffalo lost seven to two on Saturday, so it could have been worse in Eric's words. And then um, somebody had retweeted that and and added, "This is Kristoff uh, underscore seventy seven. I don't know if they listen to the show, but figured give them the credit here." Um, 17, 8, and 1 gets the Islanders to 95 points. Right now, that number, this is as of a few days ago, I suppose. Right now, that number gets them in according to Money Puck. Tuesday versus Ottawa is a must win. I think that's on a lot of levels. 
But again, in the long in the long run of the race, they need to win both games and not give any points away against Pittsburgh. If you lose in between, who do they play in between? Boston? Sure, drop that game. You have to be Pittsburgh on both those other nights. Right. Sorokin, Sorokin needs to be playing out of his mind both of those nights. And it, there's just no other way. And how I mean, how many games is that remaining? That's that's just a lot of wins. 17 wins for, for this club. Now, granted, they won four in a row recently. Right? That that number presumably was a little higher. Granted, teams around them, yada yada. I don't really know how someone explained it to me. I think somebody had, somebody actually DM me recently describing the cap and different things in the deadline space for something else. But Ryan was, um, what's his last name? Ryan Paulson. Thank you. Was uh, DMing me explaining how the cap worked at the deadline. So I appreciate that. Uh. But, um, yeah, I don't know how like the what's it called when they're getting into play like that's the the scary number or the something number. The magic number. The magic number. Yeah, the scary number. I have no idea how that like the the math just doesn't calculate to me. I'm not not a numbers yeah. guy. And people have explained it to me before. <laughs> I'm sure someone's gonna DM me, which is awesome. I love that. Um and maybe I can just dig deep in it. But I I don't know. It just doesn't seem likely. The teams around them I, Pittsburgh might add two. They're a team like Maybe. the Islanders with like a, just a terrible prospect system because they've just been going for it every single year, and you you want eventually they're they're just not going to be able to do it. But they they continue to stay in the race, and the Islanders have a lot of time off in between games moving forward because they've played a lot more than a lot of other teams. So having to sit at home and kind of watch the standings um, and watch teams kind of pull away. Is going to be tough. I have a feeling it'll look a lot like the standings did last year. I don't know that every team that makes the playoffs in the Eastern Conference gets 100 points. But it'll be, again, within seven or eight wins of them making the playoffs again, which is disappointing because that's just not a lot of that's not a lot of wins in the in this grand scheme of it. Again, it's a win a month, a little over a win a month. And considering who they've lost to, that could have just been the last two games that they played could have been two of them so that's that's rough it makes every loss just makes the run that much harder and when your schedule also gets harder you're behind the eight ball to use a a cliche um we kind of already touched on lambert's time on long island coming to an end i i predict sooner than later what do you think about after this season? So whether they make the playoffs or not, and maybe you can run through both scenarios. What do you think about Lambert's future at this team? Um, they make the playoffs, say they lose in the first round. Has he done enough to show that he's capable of continuing to coach his team? Was there growth throughout this season? I'm inclined to say no, but you know, what do you where where do you see it? I'll tell you right now, the thing is a lot of Lambert's future hinges on Lamarillo's because yes, he acquired Horvat, yet he's still on the hot seat. Like if they don't get a playoff series in UBS Arena this year, 
I, I don't think he's back. Lamorello. So Lamorello. So the next guy who comes in has no ties to a guy like Lane Lambert. And you could easily see him bringing in his own guy, especially when there's someone out there by the name of Bruce Boudreaux ready to be available behind anyone's bench. Yeah, I'm not sure who else is available. I'm not sure there's somebody up and coming as far as a coach is concerned. I'm also not sure who is available to be a GM that's not named Chris Lamarello. I, I don't know that that's necessarily possible. James, you raise your hand in the front row. Barry Trotz is available for both positions. <laughs> both positions, yeah. I'm serious. That, that would be something. I think one or the other. Sorry, not both. One or the other. He would probably do both if he could. Um, but I doubt that, you know, or I shouldn't say I doubt, I'm sorry. I don't I don't I don't put it past him to to do one of those things. Like I don't think he wanted to go. And if it's not Lamorello, look, he doesn't have any ill will towards Lamorello. They've actually both been on the record that they're they're still friends. They talk all the time. I don't see why he wouldn't. He wants to be a GM. I know that. It's it's possible. Although I do really want to see Kevin Weeks break his own news that he's becoming the next Islanders. That would GM. be so sweet. Yeah, I I I want to just put that energy out there. So that maybe it would happen because I think that that would be great. Um, and then I could say the New York Islanders GM follows me on Twitter. It's all about the clout, baby. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> get the, it's all, it's all about the clout. And it's Put that on know, a t-shirt. It's, it's all about the clout, baby. <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt. And you know, it's, it served you well, obviously. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, you're obviously just a big wig now. So yeah, no, that's Stop. Super, super working out. Uh, but like I, I would love, I would love for that to to happen with Kevin Weeks. It's not only because that's that a would be story, cool, and he would actually, I have a feeling, break his own news like like that with. Uh, and it's another conversation in itself too, because it's one of those things where it's like, do you want someone new or do you want someone with experience to come in and and really, you know, put the Islanders in the direction they need to be in, yada yada. But I'm with you. I think that would be a really cool idea. Yeah, so I, I think that's part of ownership's decision or Lamorello if he's back you have to look at what else is out there which means you're really starting to think about that now think about any breakup um that you've been through it doesn't happen overnight it's a it's a little bit of a period it's not like necessarily that you're looking and you already have other options but well i'll tell you this once that plant is see what the once this uh the plant is the seed is planted planted. oh my god what is yeah. Usually when you like when you grow tomatoes, you plant the seed first yeah. and then it grows. Yeah, I'll I'll feel free to just use as many words as uh as I want here to, to get to the <laughs> to the point. But uh, once that's there anyway, where whatever order it's in, the it, it's kind of hard to undo it. Right? Like yeah. things are set in motion, the thoughts are set in motion. It's it's really hard to come back from that. So whether that's coming Ledecky and Malkin down or Lamorello down, it's it's hard to break the momentum there. And it really depends on, like I said, I I really think that the Islanders dropped this game. That's almost the most interesting part of Tuesday's game, tonight's game, whenever you're listening to this, is the fallout if they lose. I think heads roll. And that might... Oh. <laughs> 
I just I, thought of another. I just thought of another head coaching candidate. Who? Andrew Brunette, who is the associate with New Jersey. Was and he was with Florida, right? And he was with them for the majority of that ridiculous President Trophy winning run. Now I understand it was Joel Quinville at the beginning of the year, and then he got let go for the reasons he got let go of, and you know he had a really good team around him and everything. But he knows what they need in order to win. He's been there. He's done that. I know Devils fans are clamoring for him to become the head coach. Although. I pump the brakes there. I mean, look, and if he does, Lindy Ruff is going to be available. I say, I, I, uh, I know you cover the Devils, so maybe pass this along. Maybe you don't judge the coaching. You, you might not have a great beat on that, Devils fans. Uh, you were clamoring for Ruff to get fired earlier this season, and <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think you got a Jack Adams uh, candidate on your hands, uh, considering where where they started from this year. So. Maybe uh, talk about pump the brakes. Maybe chill out on that. Uh, Quite poetic. Yeah, the the justice for the poetic justice for Lindy Ruff is. Uh, it's funny now. There's a meme standard. out there. It's a it's like a meter. It's like an it's like a red zone, a yellow zone, and a and a green zone. And the sections are labeled fire Lindy. Let's see where this goes. Re resign Lindy, and that meter's all the way in the green. <laughs> is. Is his contract up? Like, how long has he, has yeah. he been with the team? So that's, this, that's that's interesting yeah. too. I don't know that he should coach the, the New York Islanders. I, I it's, it's funny if you're Lamarello or the ownership of the Islanders, I wonder what direction you go. Right? You just tried somebody new, that did not go so well. Now it could have just been the wrong guy, which is probably more of the point, to be honest. But considering who Lamarello is and if he's back next season. You might go back with somebody more with more experience. So Lindy Ruff isn't the craziest thing in the world, but you, you have to go with recent success. It really depends on where the rest of the Devils season goes. Um, if you're the Devils ownership and management, you probably want him back anyway. So it depends on, like I said, it depends on who's available. Help that they think can actually move this team forward. That's not an easy decision. Again, you just went with somebody new that. It really didn't work. Even if they make the playoffs this year, I wonder how much of it is Lambert and how much of it is the, the players kind of just picking themselves up here. But we'll we ha- we have to see on kind of on the other side of this this game in Ottawa. I'm kind of not excited about it. I'm going to be kind of watching Lambert the the best that I can throughout, yeah. throughout that game. Although it is on Valentine's Day, so I might be not paying attention quite as much because I have to make dinner and stuff. <laughs> but uh, I'll do the best that I can and in, in, in paying attention to that uh, during the game. But you wanted to touch on somebody, the Islanders, before we wrap it up here. Yeah. So the Islanders were reportedly interested in that I had not seen. Yeah. So we just mentioned Kevin Weeks. So you know, keep an eye on and hopefully Weeks he sees this, right? Because he obviously watches our show. He's a friend of Mine and the shows. Um, just kidding. Sort of, not really. But yeah, the Islanders are reportedly interested in Finnish defenseman Valtteri Pooley. Uh, he's a six, six foot six defenseman, previously undrafted. 
Uh, Marrick explains, Jeff Marrick, we was, obviously I was listening to him earlier today, that he's a 21-year-old late-blooming defenseman that has shown significant improvement in his tools this season that gave him some NHL hope. Uh, he's cited as a big-bodied defender and is unafraid to use it while also defending well uh, with plus skating. So, you know, he's not going to blow you away offensively. I think he has something like three goals and 15 points in like 44 games in the uh, top finish league. But, um, you know, 6-6 plus skating ability. I mean, look. If he's he's not going to come over and, and and go right to the to the NHL, it's not like that. But you know, if you can add young talent to this team, uh, or or to the prospect pool, even let's just call it that. If you can add young talent to the prospect pool, because let's face it, they just give up their number one guy in in a trade for Bo Horvat. Look, get get whoever you can, however you can. And if this guy seems like he might have some sort of future, I understand he's a defenseman, and we have a lot of those, but. They, the Islanders also typically draft and develop really well uh, in, in in Bridgeport uh, as far as blue liners go. So it is something to keep an eye on moving forward. He can't sign until his season ends in the Finnish League. And there are other teams that are interested in him, namely the Predators, the um, the, the Canucks, um, Boston's in, in, in the mix too. There's, there's a bunch of teams involved with this guy. Uh, but the Islanders are one of them. And, you know, you wonder if the chance to <laughs> jump to the top of the prospect depth chart, prospect pool, entices him to get to the NHL quicker. Uh, you wonder if a new arena in UBS Arena entices him. Uh, and you wonder if the excitement of Matthew Barzell and Bo Horvat for the next eight years excites him. So something to keep an eye on. I wonder, you know, just as you said, that, the Islanders' defense and and the prospects on, on on the back end are in pretty good shape, uh, even if they're not playing particularly well lately. Um, you almost wonder if the the scouts can try to track down some forwards. It's interesting that this is the news that comes out, being you know considering you just had a trade Ratu and you know, a season of Anthony Bovillier and a first yeah. round pick. Yeah. That could have could have been a forward. It's interesting that, and and maybe they they are, you know, scouting a bunch of forwards. Presumably they're scouting forwards one way or another. But it's interesting that this news kind of comes out. It may just be because this particular player is getting some attention, so there's just more news about it. But yeah, you you hope that they can kind of stock the prospect pool in unconventional ways. Um, you look at a lot of teams kind of figure that out. I don't know exactly what the Penguins prospect pool is. I know, I know I mentioned them earlier. I think that it's not very good, being that they've made so many trades and traded picks and features for, for a very long time. But yeah, they, they have to restock one way or another. And a lot of teams, a lot of good teams, find a way to have that either undrafted or low draft pick kind of come in and and make a difference. And yep, for the Islanders... Their good draft picks are not exactly killing it um, all the time. Wallstrom's still trying to figure it out. He's still injured. Now he's had to recover from that. That's that's definitely tough. Romanov, who they didn't draft, but they traded a draft pick for, presumably because he was a little further along. You know, even the other day said that you know he was playing a bad game and it's something you know he's got to work on that. And he's not been flawless this season. I don't expect anybody to be like that, but he's been 
you know, far from it. He's he's trying to figure it out. I almost play difficult systems. So it's, you know, Holmstrom is, I don't remember if he was a first round pick, but he was a higher-ish pick. So, you know, he's showing flashes of it, but it's not game-breaking third-line stuff, right? It's not the kid right. line in New York or in Tampa or whatever. So they definitely have some work to do, but always cool when they can pry somebody away. They did it with Horvat. Uh, if they can do it with an, an undrafted player, that'd be very exciting as well. And yeah, he, it was just, you know, this was interesting. It was He's a guy who's, you know, he wasn't on anyone's radar. He, his draft years passed him by. But suddenly in, in Liga, in the, the top league in, in uh, Finland, started to develop into this suddenly, this guy might be a player. So, um, you know, the, the the word is there are a lot of teams and scouts impressed with him and um, they see him as a as a project, but he could be something. And uh, the Islanders are in the mix. So, I mean, look, 6'6", six, six, defenseman who could skate well. Yeah, I'd take a flyer on that. But, yeah, and if uh, you're gonna you're gonna trade Mayfield possibly or tra- uh, you know not bring him back yeah. one way or another, it's nice to fill that pipeline. Grant Hunton's 27; he could probably fill in for a little bit. You do have a Bull Duke, you do have a Walterspoon. Um, there, there's kind of some options. Salo still has an opportunity to kind of figure it out. Um, I don't think he's a completely lost cause, even if he lost his spot on the roster this season. Um, but always good to kind of stock the uh, the pond, so to speak, in Bridgeport. Yeah. The um the, the last thing I just seeing this now it's not related to the Islanders but sort of is related to the Islanders but not at all related to the Islanders is, is that uh so yeah so far it's awesome um <laughs> I I mean I don't know if you know this but nobody's been able to find Dustin Bufflin he's seemingly been off the grid for since he retired but uh Andrew Ladd posts on his Instagram that he got him back on the ice for the first time in what looks just like a a beer league game. And that, you know, this, this is the first picture I'm seeing of Dustin Bufflin uh, since he retired years ago. Was it five years now? It feels like a long time. I'm not entirely sure. And you, you have to remember, not you, but I mean, the, the Royal, you, everybody that they played together in Winnipeg and maybe even right. before that in um, correct, wherever they came from uh, Atlanta <laughs> before that, you remember the Atlanta thrashers it, is that it's like yeah. a crazy thing to, kind of go back it's almost like when we were kids and in the early 2000s like oh you remember there was a team in winnipeg and now Dude, that like, team was actually team in atlanta like they were they had good pieces they had bufflin kovalchuk heatley hosa um glad like they went in his prime like they had so many good pieces to that team ray, like ray ferraro ray uh, ferraro was on that team Do you remember that they <laughs> did they not have that did they not have Chris Chelios for a second? Like the the very uh, end of his career, they might have. Evander Kane was there. The Stewart brothers were there. Like so many good players were on that team. I don't know how it lost its relevancy. I mean, I guess because they were in Atlanta that was how they lost their relevancy. But that was a team, huh? Yeah, that was, that was uh, a thing that happened. <laughs> the Moose was there. Yeah, aka Johan Henberg famed uh pittsburgh penguins goalie that was like one of my favorite uh goalies in the early 2000s uh mainly because i followed darius kasparitis over and henberg happened to be on the team but uh yes chris chelios played seven games with the atlanta thrashers in his last season in the nhl after a long stint he played 46 games with the chicago wolves 
2009, 10. Chris did? Yeah, which is also a really long time ago now, and I really? hate that. Yeah, yeah. He played he played forty eight games over two seasons in the in the AHL. Um, he was on some of those Detroit teams that you know he won a cup with them. Um, won two cups with them, in fact. And you almost remember him more as the Detroit Red Wing, which is very weird because growing up he was you know a mainstay in in Chicago, and before that he won a cup with, um, with Montreal. He was in the league yeah. for ever. It was insane. Six hundred fifty-one games. Um, we just got off on a tangent there, but yeah, Atlanta at the uh, Atlanta Thrashers. I, they never had all of it together because they trade Kovalchuk. It's it's never all there at the same time. Near the end, it, it could have worked if they just kind of put it together, but it it never quite worked out there. Um, but that's probably about where we should wrap it up. Please rate, review, yeah. subscribe wherever you you listen to or watch the show you can follow us on twitter instagram and youtube at Aspen hockey you can find james work at the fourth period um still taking a little bit of hiatus from writing i might get back into it i have an urge every once in a while to put up a blog post on our sub stack and then it goes away um so subscribe and maybe you'll get a, a, a su- surprise in your inbox one of these days in the meantime the team at isles fix is putting together daily content for you straight in to your inbox uh james uh, right before the trade deadline you 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 called out lamorello and then before the next episode he made a move what's right. your message for lane lambert before tuesday's game until next time all get your shit together